And a man that was over there recently who took, well, who took, I'm, I'm sure, great joy in Australia's success, joins us now from the grade cricketer. It's Sam Perry. You there, Sam? G'day, fellas. Thanks for having me. Oh, Sammy. What did you make of it, mate? What did you make about all this pommy whinging and carrying on? I loved it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Yeah, it's a it's a fantastic <laughs> symphony accompaniment, you know, to Australia's uh, further attention of the urn. I mean, I should say at the start, it would be frustrating for them, but um, the, some some of the commentary that's accompanied a mathematical fact of the series scoreline being two one has <laughs> has been over the top. You know, that I mean, as England lost at Edge Baston. Uh, we heard that they actually won by playing entertainingly. Uh, mm. When they lost at Lords, they actually won the moral high ground. Uh, they won at Headingley. We copped it. And then they drew at Lords through rain, their own rain. Uh, and now you're hearing about rule changes, changing the time of day of play, roofs on stadia, the, the retention's hollow from Australia. It's an anti-climax. It's bad for test cricket in England. Um, it isn't everybody in England saying that, but there are a lot of people saying it. And for me, I just think it's a it's a beautiful musical accompaniment <laughs> to Australia's hands on the urn. Frankly, that's just cricket. Do you think this whole like this whole line of the better team didn't win? How can you actually ever say that when, as you said, it's a mathematical two two against one? I don't. This is the Piers Morgan angle, isn't it? That the better team didn't actually take home the urn. Yeah, and then look, I mean Piers. Morgan isn't the full representative of, of England. You know, there are some reasonable people there, but uh, I I don't understand that line either. Uh, you need some deep kind of sociological academic studies into how you can say that. I mean, like when, when I played cricket, we were told that the best team always wins because they find a way to win. Uh, in the, the best way to respect cricket is to literally respect the result that happens, you know, whether there's rain involved or not. So uh, it, it does, unfortunately, I think, um, possibly creep into the category of whinging. Uh, mm. But now I hear that a lot of people are getting upset about the word whinging being used. So I'm not sure what you can say anymore. I'm just happy that Australia has two wins next to their name. I don't think that's inarguable at the moment, but some people are trying. Yeah. Hey, what are you hearing about Smith and Warner? This may be their last test. Sammy, are you hearing anything yeah. on the other um, uh, You know what? Look, I don't. I, I'm not a news hound, guys. I don't uh, try and stay really close to the players. That's other people's jobs to do it. But there are two <laughs> things that um, piqued my interest with this. One, um, my understanding is, uh, as an you know, on the inside, that Warner has briefed the media, the Australian media, that he will speak to them tonight, which is odd for him. Uh, so I, I don't want to set the cat amongst the pigeons, but that is not something that he normally does. So that's one thing. Um, the second thing is that in relation to Smith's retirement, well, I can add to that just to sort of annoy people, is that um, Michael Vaughan has been saying that he he overheard or was speaking to Mark Taylor who said that there's a chance that due to Smith's back, he may retire. Now, that is just like garbage speculation from me that you probably don't even need. But it does seem like the whispers um, have a little bit uh, of, of weight to them, particularly in relation to Warner. I mean, I think Warner set out his stall and said that if he scored runs in the Ashes, he did say, if I score runs, he would like to retire at Sydney. He didn't say he was going to retire at Sydney. A lot of people want to say that. Now, he hasn't really. He's done okay. He's done better than 2019, which was 
not difficult. He's contributed here and there. Uh, it is at the point, I think, where he would probably need a match-winning 100 to be um, kind of logically retained for the summer. Otherwise, he'd probably give it to a new bloke and, and, and let them kick off their career. So maybe Warner has had a tap on the shoulder, maybe sees the writing on the wall, maybe he's changed his mind, or maybe he's just going to stick with his plan and he's just stitching everybody up. I don't know, guys. But it, it sounds like that, you know, like I don't think the speculation is, is, um, is pure garbage. There are some people who are starting to... Wonder what, what's actually going on here. Well, I know where we can get an exclusive from, Sam, because the man sitting opposite me is doing the back page tonight with Candace Warner. Oh, yes, I might ask. Okay, that. there you go. And just say, is this it? Is <laughs> yeah. he done? I might bring it up. I might bring it up. Sure. She'll love that. Well, you, you, yeah, I, I'd, I'd, I mean, Candace is punchy. You know, she's going to, she'll, she'll uh, give us a social media clip for it and, yeah. uh, and she'll probably tell the truth, you know? So, yeah. She might uh, chin me, though. Absolutely. She might jump me. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah. Sam, do we expect the crazy members uh, at the Oval <laughs> to come out, all those hyphenated uh, names? Do you think <laughs> they are as hectic as the Lord's crowd? Nah, it's different. Like, uh, I mean, all, all of English cricket is very upper to middle class, you know, like they sold their game um, to, to Sky in 2005. And so it's really just the rich people who enjoy it. That's a harsh comment. But uh, the Oval is the people's ground uh, much more than Lords. Lords really is the, the triple, quadruple barrel name ground. Uh, with the egg and bacon tyres and all that kind of thing. I think the Oval is a little bit more chill. I don't think there's going to be um, as, as many people um, thinking that they're, you know, Galatasaray away, you know, in, in the Turkish league, um, booing and hissing at the Australians. I actually should say I... Um, uh, he probably doesn't appreciate me saying this, but I did an event last night um, with the Australian Cricketers Association where Todd Greenberg was there and uh, the former NRL CEO, and he, and he told me that the the booing and hissing wasn't even the top 1,000 scandals he's ever dealt with uh, in no. sports. So, no. um, yeah, I, 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 some of the English might think that it's all that, that it's kind of hooliganism, but uh, I think it was all pretty low touch. Now, I saw a lot of vision, Sam, of you doing your big shows in the UK. Um, do you guys ever cop it from the English fans or are they, <laughs> are they polite to you? Um, no, you know, what you know, again, I, I don't I feel like I'm getting drawn into generalizing about the English. I know some of them are going to listen to this, but, um, I mean, like, uh, you know what they're like, they're repressed, you know, they don't want to give it to your face, you no, know, that's what online or something. But, um, I mean, the guys who came to our shows, we appreciate it. They, they've, you know, if they want to sledge us, you know, all I have to say is, well, you've paid 22 quid to do it that's yeah. do what you got to do guys that's all that's all good um a, a, a strange uh kink you must have to want to pay money to sledge us but um uh they, 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 they were pretty oh. good we had, we had some oh, good sorry guys. sam oh. sorry sam god sorry, here mate. we go this is good no no, no sorry mate <laughs> I, I, look, I, i've got i've got to preface this by saying when we first started here i've been getting a fax so i've had a fax come through um since we started almost three years ago so there's a there's a gentleman that works who used to work here in this building over in North Sydney, and he he must have been doing some sort of like advice for uh, like sex column or something. Anyway, his name's Jared. God knows who a Jared is, especially at SEN. Anyway, it says, "Dear Jared, my mum caught me trying on her knickers. I'm mortified. I'm an 18 year old boy, and I've been wearing her underwear secretly for about a year. She's 45." The other day she popped out and I took the opportunity. I was admiring myself in the knickers when she walked in. She went pale and she shouted at me like I was a pervert. Now things are really weird between us. I'm desperate to do it again, but I'm scared she'll catch me. Dear Jared, 
What do I do? Sammy, you're going to jump in. Uh, you're Jared today. So well, how does he handle this? He's an 18-year-old uh, fella and his mum's 45 um, wearing her Reggie's. What should what should he do, Sam? Sorry. I don't want to kink shame Jared. You know, I think he's got to own up to it. Yeah. No, no, no. I think he's just got to own it. Does, sorry, did no, I sorry. get this wrong? You got this wrong. I think Jared... Uh, is the guy giving the advice? The eighteen-year-old, but I don't know who the eighteen-year-old is. Oh, I'm Jared. Was. Sorry. Well, yeah, I, 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 my, my advice is to own it. If if, if um, I'm Jared, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think that the young man should own his kink. Yeah. I think he's got to have an honest conversation with his mother. Yeah. Uh, and um, uh, I don't really want to get in the road of uh, any of his um, you know, proclivities. Uh, if he if he likes to wear his mum's. Um, lingerie, yes, uh, and that works for him. Then I think play on, um, young man, uh, and um, and see see somebody for some help. Well, you maybe not help, but it's not sort of lingerie yet. It's only underwear. He hasn't really graduated Sorry. to the teddy. That might be. Oh, I, just, I, just, I just added that in, didn't I? They oh, did, but that's good advice. So mm. if the young young mm. fella out there, you know, Sam, I think I need to keep you on. Is it okay <laughs> if we change it to to dear Pez? Yeah, go, go for it. I mean, I can't say I have any clue what this is about, but no, I'm, I'm, I'll roll with it. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. No, well, that's very good. Um, the text board is lit up here. We want to know this. Uh, ask Sam when his last schooner was at Percy's. When it was. And, <laughs> and are we ever going to see the Bears yeah. play at North Sydney Oval again? Oh, uh, last schooner at Percy's. It might have even been on my last day, uh, to be honest. I live in Melbourne now. Uh, I, I I do enjoy Spooner at Percy's, uh, and I'll, when I watched the Bears as a child, I was severely underage. I wasn't at your I wasn't at your levels, Fletcher. I was buying six Schooners at twelve years old, but I I also watched while my, wearing mum's uh, undies. Parent, <laughs> while wearing yeah, mother's undies, <laughs> Jared. Um, okay, uh, but uh, I also watched my parents and my extended family drink many Schooners there as well. Probably too many, um, no, kind of thing. But, but um. See the Bears play at North Sydney Oval. Well, they played last week against the Dragons. It was just it was in the New South Wales Cup, uh, where every every game finishes thirty to twenty six. Will we <laughs> see them at North Sydney Oval? You know, it was a um, it was a, a, another bit of blow to learn this week that uh, although North has uh, claimed it will attach themselves to any um, franchise or partnership that comes into the NRL that the Pacific or PNG um, bid has now waved goodbye to the Bears. It will just be doing its own thing. I heard the government say that. So, yeah. um, and, and that the government said maybe the Bears can look at being the 19th or 20th franchise. Uh, so uh, it looks like the Bears will perennially be second or third in the queue, but a really good News Corp print story for a long time. Right. So, um, I, no, it's not right. I hope that's wrong, but that, uh, that's, the, that's, <laughs> that's the rational side of me going, oh, it always seems like we're a really good piece of media copy uh, for people who kind of want to reminisce about when league was good and also laugh at the, uh, the tragedy and the delusion of Bears fans like me. Surely you could attach yourself to become the Papua New Guinean Bears. The Bears love doing that. Central Coast Bears, yeah. Perth they, Bears, yes, Adelaide Bears. Yeah, yeah. Could the Bears survive? Could a Bear survive in the jungles I've of PNG? S- we've been there. And well, it's, too you know, hot. I, it's too hot. That fur coat. I have uh, we did. That, that was some things we raised, you know, in the focus group, guys. Uh, you know, I, I have helped sometimes with bears bids, and um, yeah, a lot of furrowed brows at that. I'm like, oh, you know, bear, 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 are there any bears in PNG? Anything, guys? Anything? We're desperate. Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't want. To, I don't want to um, 
you know, be too negative about it. I think so long as um, Vlandis is, is in charge, I think he has a soft spot for the Bears. We just have to figure out how to get someone with a lot of coin uh, to uh, make it happen. There you go. All right. Hey, Sam, thanks for joining us. That was awesome, Sammy. Very good, man. All go good, the, boys. Go the Aussies in that fifth test. Wednesdays on the run home, Joel and Fletch go across the ditch to chat to Kirst and Beaver. The 9th of October is the most prolific date in the world for when uh, people are born. Pretty much scales back to Christmas parties. Oh, it's no. big in New Zealand, the Marlborough Book Festival, Brian. <laughs> oh, yes. Very toey humans after the Marlborough Book Festival. We are three. <laughs> the Marlborough Book Fest. Yeah, oh, the guys. Marlborough Book Festival. Of guys, course. this is heavy. Yeah. This is heavy. The Run Home with Joel and Fletch. Weekdays from 3 p.m. on SEM.